Hey there, freaks. Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap. We've been away for a couple weeks. I'm glad to be back in the studio. My boy, Matt Odell. Uh, before we hop into the topics of today, I'd like to introduce all of you freaks to this week's sponsor, BlockFi. Uh, no one likes having to sell their crypto if they don't want to. Whether you're paying off credit cards or buying a house, BlockFi helps crypto investors use their Bitcoin, Ether, and Litecoin without selling. Backed by our friend Mike Novogratz over at Galaxy Digital, BlockFi is a leading crypto to USD lender in the U.S., servicing over 45 states. Interest rates start as low as 8%. That's Ocho, 8% people. Visit BlockFi.com slash Tales from the Crypt to learn more about using your crypto without having to sell. Uh, and BlockFi, uh, they're so generous. I've got a special uh, deal for you freaks out there. For any loan uh, under $10,000, they're going to give you $25 worth of free crypto towards your collateral. And any loan over $10,000, you're going to get $50. That's double uh, of crypto collateral added, or excuse me, of crypto added to your collateral. Uh, also, we've interviewed the CEO of BlockFi, Zach, on this podcast before. Go check it out. Learn more about crypto collateral lending. And uh, yeah, I guess we're going to jump right into Rabbit Hole Recap. It's been a, been a minute since we've uh, been together here on Rabbit Hole Recap. Took a quick trip over the Atlantic and back. It was very fun, but uh, happy to be back in the studio. Missed you last week. Matt, how are you feeling this week? I felt so empty last week without the rabbit hole. It's good to be back. You know, we wanted to record on Monday. The timing just didn't uh, just didn't line up. And we, we, were, we were so uh, eager to, to make our reunion comments here that we forgot to say the date. It is uh, today's Wednesday, December 19th, 2018. The price of Bitcoin is at... 38.38 right now on Bitfinex, uh, rallying a little bit. Uh, I don't know where it was the last time we met, but a lot has happened since the last time we met. We've got a lot to talk about. This might be an hour and a half ripper tonight. Yeah, I don't know what price we were at two weeks ago. Probably higher or lower. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think, we, I think we were definitely higher, right? Like a lot higher. I think we might have been. Were we lower? It's all just a blur now. We were higher, yeah. We were higher. Yeah. So there, temper your enthusiasm, people. <laughs> we were higher last rabbit hole recap. Um, yeah, but a lot's happened. We've got a lot to talk about. I think we should shout out to uh, Twitter user MF underscore HODL for tonight's beverage. MF HODL. MF HODL with the hottest uh, business card in the street. Such a fucking dope business card. Um, once you, once you present this mezcal, I don't know much about it. It's very tasty though. So we had, um, uh, Mr. MF Hoddle is a, is a listener. He's a fan of the pod and he donated this mezcal to us. It's, uh, called Santa Pedrera. Probably just butchered the, it's a good attempt. It's, it's Echo in Mexico. It's made in Mexico. Echo. It's uh, quite delicious. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah. I'm liking it. It's smoky. It's good. I'm a, I'm a bit under the weather right now. I'm hoping, uh. The alcohol acts as like a quasi-medicine. Yeah, I think that's like how it works. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but... It's a Western cure, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, so let's get to the topics. Again, a lot has happened since we last met. I'm uh, going to start with a heavy topic, throw out uh, a rip in peace to our boy Tim May. Uh, on a more serious note, Tim May passed away uh, since we last convened here on the Rabbit Hole Recap. One of the fathers of the cypherpunk movement and... Uh, He wrote the Crypto uh, Anarchy Manifesto, which is, if you haven't read it yet, you should go read it. really drives the ethos of sort of what led to Bitcoin and why we're all here. Um, So he passed away and he didn't didn't become a villain before he died. Yeah, he he died a legend, gracefully. A true legend. R.I.P. Tim May. Yeah, like some of his colleagues who have decided to uh, spin up shit coins while they're still here uh some would argue they're they're living long enough to become the villain tim luckily uh did not see that feat stayed true to the end um so that was quick don't want to get too depressing start off mini sketch we learned a little bit about this last night this is a proposal by peter willa uh correct yes yes and it will drastically uh make block propagation more efficient potentially potentially okay right it's still work in progress yes it's uh yes it's very high level i think he just released like the first proposal of how it might work but uh i think you know more about this topic than i do off the top of my head 
What uh what are the specifics? No, I really don't. Oh. Um it's but it is it's it's supposed to create a lot um you know, it's gonna be a major improvement for bandwidth usage for nodes. Okay. That's that's what I know so far right now. Mm-hmm. Um Bitcoin magazine dropped like a pretty good Explainer. post on it, but they dropped it like right before we came in here. So I haven't given it a full read. Um and to really try and wrap my head around it. No, but, but uh, uh Peter said on Twitter, he said 1.5x to 3x bandwidth reduction, which is like a pretty big deal. Like the major, the major cost uh, to running a, a full node is is bandwidth. It's the internet usage you use to upload and and download the blocks uh, is by far the major cost, and is a it's a threshold that some people's internet can't meet, right? If they don't have good enough internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I'm experiencing that in this apartment right now with my Casa node. Uh, there you go. I think there's definitely an extra load on my. On my internet, it's a material difference. My wife's not too happy. Um, it uses a lot of bandwidth. People don't realize how much bandwidth it uses. So if we can cut that in half, like that's fucking huge. Yeah, and that's also like an argument for small blocks, and correct? Because uh, the larger blocks are, the the more bandwidth you it's need. It's the main argument. It's yeah. the main argument for small blocks, I would say. Yeah, um, but even if we can't get too deep into mini sketch, last night at BitDevs, there was a lot talked about. Uh, I mean, middle of the bear market. That meetup in particular was jam packed last night. Such a good meetup. Uh, shout out to uh, to Jay and John Newberry for running a top notch meetup. Uh, no bullshit. Uh, so dense, filled with information, and yeah, I've never been more bullish on the fundamental sort of uh, infrastructure build out of of Bitcoin than I than I am at the moment. I feel like you know it's a good meetup when like fifty percent of the stuff they talk about just goes right over your head. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing about BitDevs. You just go and you literally probably will. I, I, at least I don't. I'm, I'm not technical. I uh, don't understand like 90% of it. But I feel like I've learned via osmosis over time. Just by yeah, you just try your best and you listen. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of fundamental innovations, uh, Block uh, Blockstream announced that uh, their satellite coverage is now practically global. They added Southeast Asia. So now uh, billions of people have just been added to uh, the potential pool of people who can use satellites to propagate Bitcoin transactions. And on top of that announcement, they announced that they now have a lightning-enabled API call to the satellite for app developers. That's so badass. That's like... So it's two things, right? Yes, two things. It's, It's actual Bitcoin network data, and then you can also send any data you want through the satellite and then pay per data. Yeah. With lightning. Yes. It's pretty cool. Pretty badass. And that's like, so that's what I was trying to discern last night. Is it just like a bells and whistles, like cool feature? Like, is it sort of unnecessary to do that via satellite? Or does being able to do that type of API call to a satellite sort of open up a realm of possibilities for app developers? I'm not sure. It's the latter, right? Because the key here is, you know, we've been hearing people talk about it for the longest time, like machine to machine payments. The key here is like it doesn't require KYC or anything, right? So you mm-hmm. can, if you have any device, I guess basically anywhere in the world, and you need to send data from point A to point B, you can do it with microtransactions and a satellite, right? Right. I'm, I'm I think that's a really big deal. Yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not sure. I don't. I need somebody smarter than I. So a few freaks out there are smarter than I and want to. Uh, tune in on Twitter and, and let us know what's what's good. I'm thinking like sensors and shit like that, right? Yeah. Like if you, you want to place temperature sensors around the world or yeah. seismic sensors or stuff like that. Yeah. Atmospheric sensors. No, it's... Uh, it's Have them ping each other. I mean, I imagine it does open up a realm of possibilities that doesn't, hasn't existed yet. I mean, we could potentially use it for like transaction antenna. You can send... If you could get like a like some kind of relay, like a bridge system where you you have a computer running connected to a Gotenna and then connected to the satellite and it acts as like a bridge. Oh, there are there are teams with this vision in mind. I met I met one of them while in Paris. Shout out to the Noddle Noddle guys. We love Noddle over here. Uh yeah, just I mean team of two right now, I believe, and, and a few a few other helpers, but 
the vision they have is sort of enabling those type of transactions completely off the grid, uh, basically using a mesh network to send to propagate relay transactions to a satellite or similar some well, similar Richard, setup. Richard just Richard Myers of Gotenna and the Gotenna team they just released an SDK so you can connect it via USB and and make, it makes it a lot easier to to like to connect it to a computer. Really. And I think that's just like going hand in hand with the, with what the guys at Nautil are doing. Yeah. And no, it's the, what the guys at Nautil are doing. It's crazy. You're going to be able to have all these. I mean, they're going to use utilize open source stuff like BTC pay server. Uh, hypothetically, they can add lightning functionalities, Jewel potentially, and stuff like that, Zap, whatever you will, just out of the box, basically creating sovereignty in the box. And, uh, it's cool seeing these products get built out. I wrote about it in, in the bent while I was in Paris. Like I, I truly believe, and I have said this for a long time that like consumer hardware is going to be very important for the decentralization of Bitcoin. I think I fucking love the hardware. We're getting so much hardware, <laughs> right? I mean, this week we Samurai announced that they're coming out with a node in partnership with Bitseed. <laughs> and uh, one of the cool things is they, they plan on you just scan it with, the samurai app on your phone you scan the code and it connects to it through tor uh and what i really liked was that they say their intention is the whole thing's going to be open source and you can just flash it onto any hardware you want so if you have like an old computer or something you can just turn it into you know samurai compatible full node implementation yeah i mean the stuff is getting built out in Again, that's why I said I've never been more bullish on the fundamentals of this infrastructure. I'm happy. I mean, sort of cliche. And some people say it's a cop-out or... Uh, it is a cop-out, Marty. I know what you're about to say. What? Building in the bear market? Yeah, the bear market's such a good thing because... It really is, though. It births all of these things for us. It does, though. No, I, they would. You know, I, they could have gotten birthed during a bull market and then we'd all have that's more money. A- like, what? <laughs> No, this like it's a little bit of a cop out. People aren't working on those products; they're more worried about the price. All these people were working on these products when the bull market was going on. They just have to finish them during the bear market. That's true, and it's a lot more difficult to finish things during bear markets. All right, Matt. Thanks for keeping it real. I guess um, you knew it was a cop out before you even <laughs> said it. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. So the blockstream satellite. Be aware of it. It exists. It's really badass. I feel like it, it's not getting that much press. Yeah, well, people will... All right, so let's address the FUD around like the Blockstream satellite. Obviously, it's a central company. Uh, well, at least like Bilderberg Group did this for us. <laughs> right. Know? They built us a satellite network. Well, and technically, they're renting space on a satellite. Is this correct as well? Oh, is that the case? I'm pretty I have sure. No idea. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Like you rent like a channel. On they're not like actually sending up satellites. I'm not positive. Uh, their video made it look like they did, but I don't. I don't think they did. I think they may just be renting channels. Uh, and... That's a little bit less cool, but it, as long as it gets the job done, I guess. Yeah, but no. With that being said, somebody's if not them, then who? Like somebody's got to be the first mover. Hopefully, and it proves a use case and entices others. But this was like Garzik stream, you know, <laughs> and like somewhere he fell down the shitcoin hole, right? And then Blockstream did it instead. Garzik said, making his way back. His, he remember, like, in, like, 2013, he wanted to do this shit. He was like, we're going to put a full node in space. I remember this. I do remember this. Um, and there is one now. But, again, like, people will be like, oh, Blockstream centralized, like, doing this. It's like, yes, obviously, but they're the first mover. Again, hopefully they prove a use case and somebody else launches another satellite. We'll get a few more satellites. Yeah, nodes. I mean, ideally, you'd want, like, multiple satellite networks. Yes, and like Gotenna networks and traditional networks, just all of the types of networks all inter intertwining. Yes. As many. And also of- like if you send like an encrypted data blob through Blockstream, like, yeah, you're like trusting them with the transit, but you're not trusting them with the contents. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Um, yeah. So satellites out there, it's pretty chill. Uh, Getting back to on the ground things here at the Bitcoin protocol level, Dhruv Bansal over at Unchained Capital, one of my favorite writers in the space because he goes so deep, uh, just dropped the third in an ongo- third part, excuse me, in an ongoing series, uh, basically where he's exploring 
as he would describe it, Bitcoin's digital geography. And this particular piece was on uh, dust transactions, dust UTXOs that exist on the network, how they uh, sort of ebb and flow with rallies and, and price falls, and how we can be more efficient with, with dust and do bringing up the concept of like a maybe like a spring cleaning event in the future where everybody works to to consolidate this dust into, into bigger transactions and maybe distribute it, distribute it, ugh, distributes it to uh, Bitcoin development fund or something like that. Um, regardless of that, like he gets really technical into the UTXO set and the history of it. So definitely go check that out. Um, wrote about it today in the Ben. I just think it's a fascinating article. There's an alternate reality where like Coinbase lost like a hundred thousand Bitcoin, right, or something ridiculous. What? It like like during the fee crisis, their all their UTXOs were just like all fucking dust. It was yeah. just they were they would have just like, and even the stuff that wasn't dust, it was like half. You know, like the fee would have taken like half of the amount. Right. And they just would have gotten wrecked. Like they got so lucky that the fees came down when they did. Well, it's like that. And then like apparently only something like $366,000 worth of UTXOs in the Bitcoin protocol right now are unspendable as dust. Which is pretty good, right? It's a pretty low. It's a product of the fee regime, the fee market right now. I have some dust. Do you have some dust? I don't know. I don't think so. It might. I, I had a lot of dust at the top of the fee market. <laughs> I like squeeze squeeze some transactions in there with low low one sat per byte and just like waited for months to, <laughs> to, to consolidate back in. Um, yeah, so no, that's uh, uh, something as stewards of this network, I would say uh, we have to be very cognizant of. Like, use the blockchain responsibly. It is precious block well, I space. A, I think a lot of it comes down to like how the wallets yeah um display this information like a lot of people don't realize that you know your wallet might say two bitcoin but there's like 65 different utxos in there Mm -hmm. um so like it's good to combine those utxos every once in a while because when you pay your fees you pay it per the number of utxos that go into it and how would you do that with you but keep in mind that if you combine them you heard your privacy a bit because you're linking the different UTXOs together. So, and how would you do that? Be aware. Would you just create a new address in your own wallet, in your HD wallet, and yeah, send it to that? I mean, basically, if you wanted to combine all your UT, if you had like 40 UTXOs in a wallet and you wanted to combine it all into a single UTXO, so it would be low fee in the future, you would just like copy the receive address in your wallet and send all of your funds back to yourself yeah. and it would just be in one UTXO then and you could pick like a low fee because you're willing to wait a couple hours a couple and then weeks. all of a sudden you know you have a nice juicy big UTXO with with a very low fee yeah um, no and then thinking but, about- but then they're all linked they'll probably be linked anyway if you're if you're using a wallet that's just combining those UTXOs but it does create like a stronger uh Thing for chain analysis, right? They see like, oh, they literally are all together at, at once. Yeah. Would you consolidate, then send to Wasabi, and then send back? I mean, ideally, you'd probably want a Wasabi before consolidation. So one of the cool things about Wasabi is if you send individual UTXOs to Wasabi, you can label them as you receive them. So you see all your UTXOs in your wallet, and you know like, this one I last used to spend pizza or this one came from cash app or this one, you know, I used to fund jewel and it like, so it's all labeled there for you and you can make sure you're not mixing ones that you might not want connected to each other and, and you can take proper, proper precautions. But yeah, Wasabi makes it, you know, way, you know, way more easy to, to do these kind of things. Interesting. Download Wasabi people. Wasabiwallet.io. Um, basis. We have our first major ICO money give back. Basis. The geniuses over at Basis. I'm pretty sure there's one or two thirty under thirty. There's one. There's makers. one. Right. Uh, yeah. Was there, was there two? I uh, I think. I'm pretty one. sure there was just one. At least one. Um, we're gonna make one of those algorithmic stable coins, uh, and totally decided not to even go to market. Uh, returned. The funds in U.S. dollar or ETH terms? Whatever you donated it in. So donated. Whatever you <laughs> invested it in. So if you uh, sent ETH, then you get back the ETH amount you sent. If you sent dollars, you get back the dollars. 
And I think it was like 94% of funds they were turning. Interesting. But I don't know how they calculate 94% of funds. Because that kind of seems weird if they're sending them back at different assets. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, it didn't make any fucking sense. I mean, I remember at the time, like, I thought I was a fucking idiot because so many people were crowding into this trade and it just, there was too many moving parts. People got, people got, uh, hooked on the credentials. Princeton PhD, ex-Google, gonna save the world. It's just really funny that, you know, uh, Forbes put him in the 30 under 30 and now they're like writing all these articles about like, if they couldn't do it, no one can. Right. So they're like just completely flipping the narrative. But, uh, you know, I guess this is a good story. They returned the money. You yeah. know, all you basis investors, like, congratulations. You lucked out. Just don't complain. Yeah. And some of them are probably going to sue. Definitely a sign on the on the road back to Earth uh, or back to a planet called Capitulation. Uh, so we're getting closer to the bottom, I would say. This is, these are the signs you want to look for. Uh Maybe we'll see some more consensus layoffs coming soon. I don't know if we talked about that, did we? I don't. I don't think we did. <laughs> yes. You just kind of dropped that one in there. Yeah. I'm like I'm loopy right now. I'm like out of it. <laughs> well, Status just laid off like 25 percent of people. What's Status? Do you remember Status? No. Status was one of the m- big big ICOs that yeah. happened last year. That was like the Ethereum browser messenger. Mm-hmm. It's like an encrypted messenger, and you can use dApps on it. And then Coinbase bought their competitor, right? Coinbase, or maybe Coinbase bought Status. I don't know. They, I think they bought their competitor. That was like is, similar idea. Is Status similar to Toshi? Oh, Toshi, right? They built that. Coinbase built that. No, 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 no. But then they bought someone else and like integrated into Toshi. So Toshi is not completely in house. There was, I think it was called Cipher or something. Anyway, Status is the competitor to Toshi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Messenger and shit like that. And it was major, major ICO. Like You couldn't use the Ethereum network for a day or so while the ICO was going on. It was one of those. Oh, I remember and, that. And uh, they just fired 25% of their employees. Damn. Um, yeah, so it's interesting seeing how these tokens, token projects manage their treasuries, how much burn they actually have, and how much the market sort of dictates their, their runway and, and their ability to build. Uh, speaking of Coinbase, we'll just stay on this topic. Token base. Token That's base. That's what we're calling it now. Token base. Uh, 12 days of Coinbase. I put so many links. Yeah, 12 days of Coinbase, and we haven't had a rabbit hole recap for 12 days. So it's just 12 days of just shit from Coinbase that we have here. You're pretty riled up. I'm so riled up. You, you, mean, have, a, you have a problem with their education? Uh, I have a problem with the fact that next bull run, all my like real-life people are going to be texting me and shit, asking me about whether or not they should buy mana on fucking Coinbase or Loom or Zaliqua or some bullshit. You know, like, that's ridiculous. I, I, I was already annoying about Litecoin and shit. Now I got to, I don't know, it's, it's, it's going to be really annoying. They're pretending they're doing this whole education thing. They, they released today, they released the ZRX video. Yeah, you watched it. I didn't. How was it? You get paid ZRX to watch them shill you ZRX <laughs> on Coinbase. That's what it is right now. And it's fucking... The video tells you nothing about ZRX. They're just like, you can tokenize the world. Every asset's going to be tokenized. You don't have to trust the third party, which isn't true because it's a real-life asset, so someone's enforcing it. There has to be like a third party in there. And then you can just like sell... Alice can sell her house to like... Timmy in Beijing or something. Yeah, nah, I don't, and this is funny. I'm not going to dox this person, but last night after BitDes, we were talking to somebody working closely on the Zero X protocol, and they liked it and it's just like jQuery and completely unnecessary to have like a token to use it. Somebody building, like somebody probably knows more than most about building on this protocol. Well, on that subject, I mean, we had DDEX came out. DDEX is the number one exchange that uses the, the, the Zero X protocol. And they're like, we're, f- they have like 50% of the volume. And then there's a like radar relay. There's a Paradex is in there. Paradex is owned by Coinbase. You know, you see the connection Coinbase adds ZRX. But anyway, DDEX is like 
fuck it. We're forking. We're forking it. We're getting rid of the ZRX token for us. So 50% of their exchange volume is leaving for a tokenless. Well, they might have a different token. But the point is, you know, it's like a little, they're just going to keep forking out these tokens because each exchange wants its own. While the whole idea was that you were going to share liquidity. Yeah. So these token experiments don't seem to be going well. They, um, have, they have Coinbase has 10 tokens now. And six fucking cryptocurrencies. And, like, the the altcoin choices they have are, like, not, you know, they're not premier chains, you know, like a Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum Classic and shit. Yeah. They just have, like... In my opinion, they've completely lost their way. Uh, that's my opinion. Who knows? They could be right. Maybe the token economy is the future. No, this... this I, I think we will have tokenized assets. I think... They're not as revolutionary as people make that seem. They're like an evolutionary increase. You'll still have trusted third parties. But like, for instance, like they'll be easier to buy a lot of things with Bitcoin because you'll have tokenized assets. But the way they're going about this, like selling it directly to retail, like in their like retail web facing product and then giving these so-called educational videos where they're straight up shilling it to retail with not really giving you any education. So it's like a, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like they're so lost. They could just be like the best, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum bank. And then everyone else, you can just have people go to like decentralized exchanges and stuff to deal with the shit coins and deal with the shit tokens and deal with all that stuff. Yeah. It seems as, simple. It seems as they're in a race to create like a re regulatory moat around themselves uh, and they already had like a regulatory moat and now it's almost like they're draining the water from the moat and they're just increasing their tax surface right <laughs> like it just it becomes so much harder i think for them to defend themselves as they continue down this path yeah the the good thing i guess is that i noticed that they haven't been in you know they added all these other so-called assets they don't include them automatically in the Coinbase bundle. The Coinbase bundle is like 83% Bitcoin, and then it's Ethereum, Litecoin. It's the first five. Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin, Cash, ETC. Because yeah. I think that would be like a real problem if like people are buying like Loom and Mana and shit. Yeah. Well, we got in the bundle product. Two more days of token-based Christmas. We'll see, uh, <laughs> we'll see what else they have in store for us. Be on the lookout for that, freaks. Uh, Tether. Back in the news, uh, all, the, all the Tether haters uh, haven't heard much from them since the story dropped. Uh, apparently, Bloomberg, very reputable source. Well, Bloomberg has been fudding Tether, too. They were like one of the main sources of mainstream Tether FUD. Yeah, well, they've righted the wrong. They did their, their research, did the, uh, the journalistic research that they needed to do, and they got in touch with Tether's bank, and their bank proved that I believe it was $91 billion they had in their account. Um, no. Wait, what'd you just say? Not ninety-one billion. It's like two billion. Two billion. Right? Yeah, I think it's one hundred ninety-one <laughs> billion. One point nine one billion. That's what it was. That'd be crazy. Ninety-one billion dollars. Um, yeah. Tether's the new reserve currency. <laughs> of the world. Um. Yeah. So Tether apparently fully reserved. What does that uh? What does that say to all the haters? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. You throw a whole Nelson uh uh huh. I, um, you know, I still think that Tether's biggest risk, you know, Tether's third party, so you have third party risks there. The biggest risk of Tether, though, is, is government intervention. They're, they're breaking KYC AML laws. Yes. So that could happen at any moment. You never know when that's going to happen. But uh, this whole solvency thing was always unfounded, and it was, like, mostly pushed by Bitfinex, who's gone private and blocked me, so you can't see all of our back and forths that went on for, like, two years. Matt is very upset about that. Bitfinex, come on, man. Yeah, like at least just unprivate so like people can see the back and forth. It's, you know, it's informative. They get to see where, where you went wrong. Transparency. It's important. Um, ETH, Constantinople hard fork coming between January 14th and January 18th. I put this one in for you so you can riff on it. Whew. We'll see if I'll be adding to my, uh, my thread. Um, yeah, this is, I think this is, going to happen after they initially wanted to happen at some point last month but the test net 
uh, forked into three networks when they tested it out. Uh, the infamous triple fork. Yes. Um, so uh, they're forging ahead. Apparently it'll happen at some point between January 14th and January 18th. Uh, waiting with bated breath to see how it goes. Wishing you guys luck. It'll be interesting to see how... Um, the big change is, in my mind, is the mining reward goes from three ETH to two ETH. Yes. They're trying... Yes. Uh so supply should go down, which should restrict supply and hopefully buoy the price. Yeah, we'll find out if monetary policy on the go like this is advantageous in the long run for these cryptocurrencies. I think they should cut it to one ETH. Times are dire. They can raise it in the future if they need to. Just let's signal to the market that that will turn it around. Well, you know, uh, nothing would surprise me at this point. Uh, goalpost, specs timelines have been moved uh again not 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 waiting with any bated breath uh gazprom bank i don't know anything about what's going on this there. one's a big deal supposedly okay what's going on major major russian bank wants to offer crypto services like bitcoin and the major altcoins like custody trading all that good shit for like rich russians love it let's go so it's a big deal. Supposedly it's like real. Supposedly it's you know like eighty. It's an eighty percent deal. You know, it's like, it's like the ETF things. You got to be a little bit. Yeah, but that being uh, said, hesitant about it. But this is a, this is a big one. With that being said, any rich Russians listening to this podcast, uh, I don't know how much you can trust your government. So make sure you got a portion of your funds in in private keys that you have control of. Oh yeah, you probably shouldn't <laughs> use their custody <laughs> services. But it's a big deal that they're offering. Though. Yes, and I, I, if you're Kremlin connected, like you probably go for that route. Make, it would make sense. Path of least resistance for most, I would imagine. Um, but just keep in mind, you should definitely have a little. You should hold on to at least one private key. That, that <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't 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 keep your money with them. But that's a big deal. I think that's a really yeah. big deal. Speaking of uh, big deals happening on an international landscape, Japan. Uh, fix their tax uh, tax laws regarding bitcoin no that might not be a big deal they well there was like a i don't know how their government system works but like one of the reps like proposed a law that makes it way better tax wise in japan mm -hmm. and it's probably just a posturing thing you know it's not going to get passed he's probably like japan's crypto representative you know every country has one yeah but i i just wanted to take the moment to say that you know, all these companies, all these countries are going to start competing, right? And you've already seen it happening in the, you know, without Bitcoin, just countries competing for the ultra wealthy. And I mean, these and, last two headlines. And they'll compete that. for they'll compete for Bitcoin and crypto companies and they'll compete for, you know, holders of those as well. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how this dash for sort of. Uh, setting a regulatory structure that is uh, sort of welcoming to Bitcoin holders. I'd be interested to see that play out. Um, Bitmain IPO not happening. Rumors are swirling. We've talked about the subject a lot on this podcast in particular. Bitmain uh, seems to be a bit of a precarious situation, especially after the uh, Bitcoin cash hard fork of last month. Uh I've only seen the rumors on Twitter, but apparently, yeah, they're yeah, fine. It's a rumor. Yeah. It's still a rumor. There's no confirmation. Um, you know, I would expect them to pull out because the IPO makes them very vulnerable. The way they have to be transparent with their books and stuff uh, in a business that the reason they dominated was because they were so secret and nimble, mm -hmm. right? And... When they made this decision, they were trying to exit at the top-ish. Yeah. And it took way longer than they thought. And it's probably time to regroup and be secret and nimble again for a little bit. And, you know, try and salvage this business. Yeah, not the best time to launch an IPO uh, for these guys. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be following that as we have been uh, here uh, at the Rabbit Hole Recap. But but the the fall of Bitmain is like one of the bullet most bullish fundamentals yeah. for Bitcoin. There is we have so many other hardware manufacturers coming in now, and uh, the future looks bright in terms of hardware centralization. Yeah, incoming self shill. Definitely go check out uh, the most recent interviews 
with Yasin Elmandra uh, for TFTC. Uh, I just dropped that yesterday. We go deep into mining and sort of the supply chain and the long-term economics and where uh, mining operations and uh, hardware manufacturers will compete in the future. It won't necessarily be uh, where they're competing right now. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great app. Uh, Yasin, one of the bright young minds in the space. Happy to have him on the front lines with us. Um, Patreon war. It's heating up, man. We got a bunch of uh, everyone's getting kicked off of Patreon now. Well, I don't think everybody's getting kicked off. I think everybody's leaving because one person in particular got kicked off. Oh, and then someone else got kicked off of GoFundMe. But they might be. They're being supposedly they're like white supremacist, uh, alt right esque groups and mm-hmm. people. Yeah, well, actually, I read about this in the Ben on Monday. Uh, yes, it is. But what you're seeing is like people further from the edge of polarity, like closer to the middle, like a Dave Rubin or a Jordan Peterson. Some would consider them a little bit more extreme than others. I would consider them pretty logical. Uh, they're starting to sort of uh, notice that all these, I mean... Yeah, once them, you call one person a Nazi, it's like, it's a very slippery slope. You well, it's not even that. I'm not even... People Nazis. I'm not... I'm de-alienating between the content of what people are may, may be saying on these sites. I don't know, but just sort of people that others would deem rational are seeing... The, that others are getting deplatformed and trying to act preemptively to say, hey, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Maybe I should find a platform that this cannot happen. And as we've seen, a few of them have turned to Bitcoin, Dave Rubin being one, I believe Jordan Peterson, another. And Tallycoin makes it easier because it's like a, a Patreon-like front end with a oh, I'm very happy Bitcoin brought, in the back end. Very happy you brought uh, Tally, Tallycoin up. Uh because we actually, uh, they're a sponsor of this episode, uh, Tallycoin. Uh, this episode comes to you from Twitter, Lightning Note Operator at BTC underscore spot. That's BTC underscore spot. Introducing Tallycoin. Tallycoin is the Bitcoin alternative of Patreon, Kickstarter, and Fiverr. Start fundraising today, incentivize donations, and get paid instantly, all with zero fees. That's zero fees, people. All donations go to your own Bitcoin Lightning wallet that you control. They never touch your funds. Every Satoshi goes directly to you. Receive more donations by giving something back in the form of perks. Perhaps uh, it's an image, a written article, or personalized video for your donors with perks being unlocked instantly upon payment. No minimums, no maximums. This is your fundraiser, your rules. At BTC underscore spot is not affiliated with Tallycoin. He's just a user. He just wants you to know that if you're an internet dog... You know, he just wants you to know that if an internet dog can raise money for dog food in Bitcoin bear markets with Tallycoin, then so can you. This is an internet dog. That was just a beautiful ad placement. Uh, Fucking Marty did not tell me he was just going to pop that ad in there. Head over to Tallyco. That's T-A-L-L-Y-C-O dot I-N. Tallycoin, just with the dot between the C-O and the I-N. And fundraise with some of the unstoppable censorship-resistant magic internet money we know as bitcoin today and don't forget to peep our boy at btc underscore spot on twitter and help him get fed and we'll post the link uh it's tally tallyco.in uh front slash forward slash btc underscore spot forward slash on tally <laughs> that's a horrible fucking domain yeah we'll put the link it's, in the, the domain bio. for tallycoin is t-a-l-l-y-c-o dot i n yes tallycoin and it seems to be uh uh an overt reaction to the patreon uh deplatforming yeah it's a very it's very similar to like a patreon uh interface but everything uses bitcoin and now they've added like uh lightning network at a lightning network we could feed this internet dog um and it's pretty badass yeah, so uh, the question... So let's, yeah, let's get back to... The question we is, is, like, can these, like, the Dave Rubens and Jordan Petersons of the world, like, obviously, they're not going to be running their own full nodes yet and connecting to this. Maybe they will be. Who knows? But uh, it is the first iteration of a step towards a direction where uh, completely sovereign platforms may exist. Yeah, I mean, they can still, like... People can still go after Tallycoin because, like, AWS could deplatform them or something. This is true. Uh, 
But like they at least they don't have to worry about like the card providers or any of that. And like worst comes to worst, they can, you know, like get a noddle and have a self hosted BTC pay server handling it all. Uh so so the, you have that option, like the ultimate back against your wall, then you just run it yourself. Yeah. The the key is that at the end of the day, once you start censoring people, it's you know, who decides who you censor? So for Bitcoin to succeed, and one of the reasons Bitcoin is so amazing is that it doesn't judge that. It doesn't matter. Like if you can, if we could block like different groups of people from using Bitcoin, then like the project has failed in the first place. So like this whole like moral argument of like whether or not these people should have a platform, that's all just fucking irrelevant. It's moot. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, if you're into Bitcoin... Seriously, and you're sort of uncomfortable with the idea of people having open access. So, like, take hey, take a deep look inside and and try to weigh the pros and cons in your mind. I mean, I think overall, it's a net benefit. These are military grade technologies, and I would argue the the options that lay before us, or are you either <coughs> let the gatekeepers decide who gets to use them, or you let the technologies proliferate and sort of give everybody. A fighting chance in a in a sort of uh, Nash game theory scenario. Yeah, but like if 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 like someone does something bad, you just have like good old fashioned police work. Does that exist anymore? No, but like because they've gotten lazy, because they can just fucking deplatform them. But you know, if someone's doing anything, then you just you arrest them. You do an investigation and you arrest them. Yeah, and is social pressure enough? Do you think? Social shaming, public shaming. What do you mean? Like, uh, like sort of self policing via social shaming, calling people out, boycotting. Seems like the boycott of Patreon's working. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think I think social media is weird in that way that it like it helps, you know, with the proliferation of knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. But it's there's so many things that are wrong with it, right? Yeah. So, but it does really come down to the different communities. I think like some communities are are better about self policing and some aren't. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting debate, and probably an impossible problem to solve, especially on this podcast. Yeah, no, we're definitely not solving it. I mean, I don't. I think it's unsolvable. I think you just everyone can post whatever the fuck they want, and you know. There's no point in arguing it because that's what it's going to be. (laughs) That's what I think. So I I don't like arguing the morals of it because I think it's irrelevant. Exactly. It's it's coming. It's here, some would argue. Um, Adapt or die, like you like to say. Fuck yeah. Um, Mulvaney. Oh, yeah. The White House Chief of Staff. White House Chief of Staff does not like the Fed. He owns Bitcoin. Well, he doesn't. Uh, we, we don't We don't know if he owns he Bitcoin. I'm just like assuming people own Bitcoin. <laughs> Calling it he owns Bitcoin. Um, uh, that's a big deal. He's in the White House now. Yeah. Mother Jones obtained audio of Mulvaney's speech to the John Birch Society chapter. In the speech, Mulvaney blasted the Federal Reserve saying its actions have effectively devalued the dollar and choked off economic growth. He praised Bitcoin as a currency that is not manipulatable by any government. I mean, this was in 2016. Bitcoin was trading at like $700 and Mulvaney had a huge ass bag of it. And and now he's in the White House. The funniest part is this article is from Mother Jones. So they released the speech to shame him. And then we read the speech. We're like, dope. This is awesome. (laughs) Completely spin zone this. Uh, Everything he said is correct. She's not wrong. Yeah, he definitely owns Bitcoin. That's pretty cool. Well, how can he affect... Uh, do you think he probably doesn't have any effect on policy, though, does well, he? If we could get Trump to send out a Bitcoin tweet, that would be pretty huge. The, I feel like that's a very tangible goal. The uh, the elusive Trump Bitcoin tweet. We thought he was going to do it last year's bull market. Um, we got Kanye to do the Bitcoin tweet, but not not Trump. Yeah, the Kanye, the Kanye pump never happened. Yeah. Maybe uh, we never we never got the Soldier Boy pump either. Well, they're just they're just individual nodes in a <coughs> distributed system, so it proves that not it's a collective it's a collective uh, effort here. All right, now one person's gonna affect it, but Trump tweeting about Bitcoin probably 
be pretty. That'd be pretty. I think it'd be like three, three to five x, like instantly, right? Uh, I don't know about it'd three be like to five crazy. X. I like think what tw- if what what if the tweet said, what if the tweet said, we are gonna buy Bitcoin for our reserves. Period. <laughs> that's it. That's all it said. Go to a million dollars right away. It wouldn't go to see. That's ridiculous. I said three to five x. You said that was ridiculous. Well, if it's now that, you're at a million. If it's that specific tweet. So what if you just said, Bitcoin? That's it. You just t- typed out Bitcoin. Oh, have you seen Bitcoin or something? I don't know. What would he tweet? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. What would he tweet? Bitcoin. I've heard incredible things about it. Still have to do more research. I'll let you guys know. I don't know. Oh my God. That'd be so good. That was, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that would be like a two to three Xer. I'm more, I'm less, uh, Less excited about the price, more excited about crypto Twitter's reaction. I think that would uh, bring oh some Oh my light. God, crypto, Niraj would have a great, great meme about it. Niraj would be right on that, like white on rice. Uh, we already talked about the Samurai Dojo. They're coming out with a node. Uh, oh wait, no, Samurai Dojo is like the, the new interface, right? The new UI? No, 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 it's the node. We already talked yeah, about it. It is isn't that. I like slipped it in there when you brought up Noddle. Um, and then Iran. Iran's got some miners going on. Uh, yeah, the electricity is super cheap there because they're sanctioned and they can't sell any of their shit. So miners go where electricity is cheap. They're going to Iran. Is the state trying to confiscate that Bitcoin, Big Mind? I assume they just tax it. It's nice. And like, it's probably risky. Like, I wouldn't go mine in Iran. But like, I think this is a case where small miners that are more nimble are willing to take those political risks uh, to go and seek profit in Iran, and that's part of what you know decentralizes Bitcoin mining. Hash war dogs. <laughs> Let's go. Um, no, I don't know. I wouldn't trust again. Just as uh, our our rich Russian friend shouldn't trust uh, Gazprom with all their Bitcoin holdings. I don't know. You're definitely taking a risk if you're if you're mining in Iran. No, but you deal with like you deal with that, and you get outsized profits if you know higher risk, higher reward. That's true. Um, we blew through that list. We're at the bottom of the list? We're at the bottom of the list. We're only 45 minutes in. Wow, we fucking killed it. What did you think about uh, Vitalik giving out $1,000 or 1000 ETH? YOLO. YOLO. I liked it. I'm not going to hate on him for it. Yeah. Team's struggling, looking for help. It's a good strategy. He has, what, he has like 330,000 left, ETH left. Like, he could give like, 50,000 of it away and still have a sizable chunk. He should just life support the system. If you're giving it out, Vitalik. It's like the newest development grant system. You just have like a super rich early benefactor. (laughs) He pays you on Twitter. Tells you to get to work. Uh, What's that say about the state of Ethereum? I think Ethereum is going to be, it'll probably be fine. Yeah. But it's going to be like a KYC mess. Yeah, it'll, it'll be like like Coinbase is like basically saying like right now, Coinbase is saying if all else fails, like we can hold up this whole thing on our own. They have Paradex. They have their status competitor, Toshi, right? They have all the things in place. They have ret- retail can go straight into DAI <laughs> now. They can just buy DAI on the... On Coinbase, so they have it all set up. But uh, no, I think that's good. You know, all power to him. Like he should let him send his money wherever the fuck he wants to send it. It's true. I think they're working on some kind of scaling thing. You know, so at least it's not you know like Crypto Kitties. Hey, Crypto Kitties is a cool project. Um, no, yeah. So that happened. What else happened? Um, it's the holidays, people. Uh, Gonna have a lot of different types of conversations around the dinner table this year compared to last year. I know I already have. What do you mean? Oh, like is Bitcoin dead? Yeah, a lot is of it people, all over. A lot of ooh, are you are you doing okay? Are you okay? A lot of are you okay's. I um. I'm fine, people. I was talking to uh, my friend's dad, and I I when he asked when he asked me, I immediately responded with. Oh no! Yeah, it's it's dead. It's going to zero, and then, <laughs> and then I launched into the conversation. It was fucking great. His face was was beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's done. 
Um, but it's it's been pumping the last two days. We've had two days of green for Christmas. That and it's uncorrelated to the stock market, which has been tanking. It's nice. I smell like a little narrative brewing, possibly. Potentially. Uh, let's not get our hopes up, though. You know, you know, Murad is is sitting there, you know, in, in his shorts, just. He's like, this is definitely a bull trap. It's got to be a bull trap. <laughs> Please be a bull trap. I wonder what price he like decides it's not a bull trap. That would it's, be good to know. It's probably a bull trap. The chart looks ugly right now. Yeah, it's like it's that probably drop off. definitely a bull trap. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, this is not financial advice. Um, yeah, that's all I got for this week. Again, go check out that episode with Yassine. I thought it was very well. He's uh, very, very intelligent when it comes to mining and the supply chain and the energy consumption. Um, that was a great conversation. He's got an incredible story of uh, how he he came to New York and and uh, sought out the life of low time preference um oh that story was great yeah and red hook yeah so check it out you got any you f- told that story for me i was like you gotta tell it on the pod <laughs> do you uh have and any- then you dropped the other pod too in between when we last went yeah matthew is anxious yeah. from crypto voices the voice of an angel he's got such a good voice voice of a god actually not an angel i love the um, ads at the end yeah, let me know what you freaks out of those ads. Uh, we're thinking about making a soundboard, like uh, the old E-Bombs World soundboards with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Back to the chopper. You should do that. That's a good idea. Yeah, we're going to think about that. Um, do you have a parting note for the freaks? Um, did the, the Noddle guys, gave, they gave you a yellow vest, right? They did give me a yellow vest. Got a yellow vest in this apartment. I got one for you that's as well. Pretty, that's pretty fucking badass. Thank you for reminding me. I have to give that to you before you leave. There you go. Fuck yes. That's my parting note. Do you yellow have a vest. parting note, Marty? Do have a parting note. Uh, don't forget that this episode of Tales from the Crypt was brought to you by Black BlockFi. Uh, BlockFi is the leading crypto to USD lender in the US with service in over 45 states. Uh, they let crypto investors use their Bitcoin, Ether, or Litecoin for things like buying a house paying off credit card debt, or even buying that Lambo you've been saving up for. Visit BlockFi.com slash Tales from the Crypt to learn more about using uh, your crypto without having to sell. And you freaks have a very special offer, uh, particularly if you go to BlockFi.com slash Tales from the Crypt, you get $25 of free crypto added to your your collateral for loans under $10,000 and then $50 of free crypto added to uh, uh, loans over $10,000. Uh, so check out blockfi.com slash Tales from the Crypt. Love you guys for listening. Uh, peace and love.